what show has given me more ideas about how I'd like to be buried? I want to. I need a sticker that says that. Yes. I need to make CDs of the podcast and put that on the sticker. Most ideas about how to be buried ever. Talk about an insane, terrible direction to think I should take my career. I've created a podcast. Okay, fine. Maybe we're going somewhere. <laughs> then created a show where my friends talk to me about their thoughts about the podcast. Okay, where are we going with this? <laughs> then out of that second show, I make CDs and I put a sticker that says it'll give you ideas about how you want to be buried. And I'm trying to market myself as a comedian. What a fucked, terrible. Dave, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Uh... <laughs> oh my God. So, wait, are you pro Diamond Claire? No, I think ultimately I'm Team Mushroom Suit. These tools are for you to Okay, here's the deal. I'm Dave Marr. What you are listening to is a symbol. Are you listening to an episode of This Is Your Afterlife? Kind of. What you are listening to is an episode of This Is Your After Show, which is very clearly the after show to my podcast, This Is Your Afterlife, in which... My friends, Megan Strickland and Claire Favret, bring their questions and thoughts about the episode they just listened to, and we chat about it. Kind of an absurd premise for a show, but that's what it is. If you are looking at the title, if you saw the title of this episode before clicking, I don't know how people don't. If it's possible not to, amazing, and I'm sorry I'm about to ruin what you're about to hear. Not really ruin, but spoiler alert, the guest of the show we are talking about, Oscar Sanchez, appears on the show, on this show. So to recap, I interviewed Oscar in an episode of This Is Your Afterlife. Then we recorded an episode of This Is Your After Show in which Oscar crashed my conversation with Claire and Megan. And they did not know he was coming, and yet he appears, and fun ensues from there. But I said it's a symbol. So why is this episode you are listening to a symbol? Why is this after show, which is usually a bonus I give to Patreon subscribers appearing in the main feed of the podcast? It is because what's happening right now is I am recording into a makeshift mobile booth in my bedroom. I just closed the door after the cat wanted to get let out. You are on your walk, in your kitchen, in your car, on your commute, wherever. And that's where we are, physically across time. But there's this third space, which is the podcast space, which is the thing created by me talking and you listening that exists outside of space for sure, kind of outside of time. Stick with me here. But in that space, there's there's so much we can imagine, right? And that is what the show, This Is Your Afterlife, is about, is imagining 
our lives as they have been, imagining how they could be differently, imagining death after this as possibly an extension of life or not. It's about imagination. It's about creativity. It's literally about life and death. I make no bones about how ambitious and especially when it comes to the after show, absurd this project is. That said, this episode is so exciting to me because many creative people, you want to create a world. You want to create a, a thing that allows people, that has spaces for people to walk around inside it and, yeah, get inside jokes, but also just have parts of the thing, remind them of other parts of earlier episodes of the thing. I mean, think like any long-standing animation show, The Simpsons, South Park. If you're familiar with the podcast, The Best Show, formerly a radio show, any great artist's work, Bruce Springsteen, Prince, Beyonce, these are things, and also I can't believe I'm, I'm not not comparing myself to those artists in quality. Um, I am in ambition, though. And that's what I'm saying is what you're listening to is what feels to me like a step forward for this show. Both This Is Your Afterlife and This Is Your After Show is the opportunity to take chances, to surprise the people hosting the show, to have the guests after they record the podcast, which is what Oscar did. I told him about the after show and he goes, can I be on that? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds super funny and fun. And we did it. You heard in the introduction my layout of the complexities of how I think abstract concepts translate to people and the way in which I'm trying to make that a career and how, again, absurd that is. Um, all of that to say, I'm so glad you're listening right now. If you are, if you haven't fast forwarded through the part of this that is just me talking, which if you did, you're not listening, but I get it. I understand. But if you haven't, Hopefully you can appreciate how cool this thing is, how weird and cool this is that we get to do this. We get to do this, be here together, because it's not me. That third space doesn't exist if you're not there. So thank you for being here in the third space. I am going to make a request, but the request does not negate my gratitude for the creation of that space. So here's the request. This is my dream. If I could make my living from doing this, I would be so happy. I, I finished the recording of this podcast and I just felt, I couldn't even believe it. I mean, at age 37, that kind of bliss, it gets felt differently. It's not pure. It's not unalloyed. It's, you have to recognize it. You have to remind yourself, holy shit. It was so fun. That was so cool. And that was how I felt after this episode. And I would love for this to be my full-time job. It does feel like my life's work, part of it. And so I got to be honest, it's not It's not paying the bills, uh, not at all. I'm definitely in the red on this podcast. That said, 
uh, there are a lot of reasons for this. I, I could go big. I could talk about capitalism. I could talk about um, whatever. And that's all true um, about the fact that social media is, you know, are, are those platforms are some of the biggest ones available to us as independent creators. And yet their very nature, their algorithms are designed to suppress independent creators. I hate creators, artists. I want to be an artist. I want to make art. I don't want to make content, you know? And the point of all this is I understand. Okay. First of all, I understand wherever you're at, if you're listening to this, you're already getting a little more than you bargained for. That said, if you value that third space, if you value the world building we are doing here, if you value what could come next for this show, if you like what you're about to hear, say you've ne- if you've never heard this show before, welcome because I still think it's a good introduction. But if you have heard the show before and you value what this is, then please help me turn this life's work into something that can sustain me. And there are three ways that you can do that, okay? This is the like stepladder of difficulty. First one, if you don't subscribe to this podcast, subscribe. Just go to the main page you're on in whatever app you're on, Apple, Spotify, click now, I'm giving you time. And just click that subscribe button. That helps me a ton. So if you've done that, thank you. If you have subscribed already, please leave a review. I think Apple is the only place to do this. A a review is great. A rating, that is. A rating is the stars. Review is the words. Those things are important because they help me reach more people. Which, yes, is a little bit of... Uh, insecurity, not insecurity, but ego on my part. I mean, I'm sure a little bit of insecurity, but it's ego on my part, right? But it's also, I care about this. Like I'm making this in the red because I want to make this and I want to share this weird, creative, ambitious, death, life, joyful, grateful, abolitionist, spiritual, out there, thing with more people. So if you can help the show get seen by clicking the stars, but also writing the review, just write a couple words, a couple adjectives, you think about it. It doesn't have to be complete sentences. Something you like, something you liked about the guest, a specific episode you liked, your name and address so I can send you something cool. No, don't do that. I, I don't have things to send you at the moment. And you shouldn't put your address in an Apple uh, review app. Anyway, that is the second thing. If you can submit a review, we all we all multitask while we listen to podcasts, right? Just make 30 seconds of that multitasking if you're in the Apple app doing that review. Okay. Last thing is if you've done both those things, or neither of those things, and you want to go straight to the most impactful, helpful thing for me, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr, and become a supporter, okay? If you join my Patreon, you get every episode 
of This Is Your After Show. This is a rare thing. This symbol, this 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 rant, this is a, this is a level length of rant I have never done before. I don't expect to do again anytime soon, but you hear things like this when you join the Patreon. You get to hear every episode of This Is Your After Show. You get to hear extended episodes of every episode of the podcast, every episode of This Is Your Afterlife. You know, a lot of chat, a lot of the creative conversations happen in that stuff from the cutting room floor. And you get updates from me, you get playlists, you get um, shout outs. You can get a shout out and be one of right now, there are four Pigeon Level subscribers. Their names are Susie Carroll, Katie Llewellyn, Fred Fidoa, and Kurt Chang. I'm very grateful to them. Thank you all for being Pigeon Level subscribers, but join at any level and be a part of that third space, the exceptionally creative aspects of that third space, meaning the weird experiments and even greater intimacy. If you're on the Patreon, I'm in touch with you more. I'm communicating more of my thought process, and it's just one of my favorite ways to interact with people who like my work. So that said, subscribe, rate, and review. Make these things low bars. Again, don't have to be complete sentences, just thoughts you have in the review. And subscribe to the Patreon at any level, okay? That will help me immensely It will help me bring you things like what you are about to hear, which is the episode of This Is Your After Show about the This Is Your After Life episode with Oscar Sanchez featuring your regular hosts, Claire Favret, Megan Strickland, myself, Dave Marr, a comedian in Chicago who's prone to long, sincere rants, did survive a coma read my own eulogies on Facebook, uh, became an abolitionist over the course of the pandemic, and am trying to to find an independent way in this little world. So with the three of us, and with the surprise to Megan and Claire, special guest, Oscar Sanchez. Enjoy. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like. Wait, that's funny that you, I just said that's good advice because that reminded me of something Oscar said, which was that he's given good advice to bad people and bad advice to good people. Should we do it? Should we jump oh, into it? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, why not? Okay, that's a great man. What a fucking. Pro segue from Megan, huh? I know your presence has been missed. The segues are here. So how do we how do we start? Who's who's starting it off? <laughs> this is where everyone drops off. This is where everyone just gets quiet and shuts up. Well, here all I can start us off this week. Great. Um, welcome to the after show, of? which is the the show of this is your afterlife, which is called and, which is called. This is your after show. <laughs> and 
It's a good name. And we have to reconfirm that every week, and we do. And um, this week we're going to be discussing Oscar Sanchez's episode with Dave. Uh, with Dave and with Claire. But his conversation, we're going to be discussing Oscar's conversation with Dave, with Claire, and Megan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're looking forward to it. And I, I, I know I texted you both this, but I just want to say on the record that I'm very, very excited about this because during the conversation, I was already excited to hear what you two would think about this conversation. Oh, dang. Which I feel like is a mark of a good episode. Wait, yeah. What were you saying? Okay. That's like also just like proving like, you know, you change things by observing them or whatever. Right, 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 right. Us just like mm. doing this podcast mm-hmm. has changed your ex- your experience of the original podcast. Totally. Even if no one like uh, even even if no one were to listen to the after show, which people do, it would still have an effect on the show mm. for people who listen to the show. Anyway, I'm just repeating what you said, but let's yeah, let's but talk about the thing that you said uh, you were excited about Oscar saying. Which oh, was, I, um, oh, yeah, uh, he's given bad advice to good people and good advice to bad people. Why did that did that resonate with you or something? I don't know. It was just like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, I mean, I think if you're going around, just I mean, I guess I took it, it, it just was like a neat little, yeah, phrase or whatever. But I guess if you're just like going around, you know, trying to be helpful you might end up doing that <laughs> i mean i think i think if someone asked me for advice i think i would just give it because i would just want to give advice you know yes i yeah. love being thought of as a person who yeah. might give good advice right when do people ever solicit advice i feel like that's so rare oh my yeah. god i know and i'm In always crisis. <laughs> Trying to give it. <laughs> right, right. Someone w- can present you with a thing where it almost seems like they're wanting advice. Mm-hmm. But, but usually they're not. Maybe you just listen. want somebody to listen. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think one. there's ever been a time when I'm like, oh, no, I, I want advice all the time, even on the tiniest little things. Like, okay, mm-hmm. honestly, should I get fries or a side salad with this <laughs> meal? <laughs> What's something right. you need advice on right now? I was gonna do best advice, worst advice, but let's oh. do let's what's something you need advice on right now, and let's all give Ooh. each other brief, quick round of advice. Damn. Okay, let me think for a second. Uh, uh, a couple things pop to mind. Claire, do you have? Are you thinking of something too? I am. I am. I'm thinking of, I feel like a lot of time, I like to read advice columns as a hobby. Uh And a lot of times when you read the question, not every time, but a lot of times I'm like, the answer is in your question. Like you've answered it. Sure. Mm. And I feel like sometimes just me saying out loud what I am wondering about is like, oh, I have my answer. And I was like thinking like, oh, I want, (laughs) I was talking to Dave about this when I saw him in person or on the pod- I can't remember last time I saw you, but I was like, I want, I'm thinking about trying anti-anxiety medication, mm-hmm. but I'm scared to ask my therapist about it. <laughs> and then as soon as I said that question in my head, I'm like, 
that's not a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually maybe the best reason too. It's like a fucking walking, I want to ask my therapist about anti-anxiety medication, but I'm having a lot of anxiety. Yeah, so if we were to turn that into a question, is it is the is the advice you're seeking? Should I talk to my therapist about it, or should I go on it? Oh, uh, wow. Okay, great. Other question because I realized I could do it without asking permission. That's, you know, there's a lot of things for me to pray on here. <laughs> I guess I was asking, should I ask my therapist permission? Okay, well we're well we're yeah we're at, we're giving brief advice, right? So I say mm-hmm. yes. This is speed round advice. Speed round. Yeah, yeah. speed round for us. <laughs> Which is relatively slow pace. Yeah. Average for the average man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people, if they're listening, are listening to 1.5 speed. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually the perfect show to listen on 1.5 speed. We actually record. (laughs) It's actually like the way I I bought a record recently where they master it at like a slower pace to make the audio quality better when you play it at normal speed. So that's actually what we're doing with this podcast is we're recording it slower so that it actually sounds, you get deeper meanings and uh, truths when you listen to it between 1.5 to two times faster. Yes. 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 So Megan, what's your, what, what do you need advice on? What should I get my uncle? We do a secret Santa in my family, and mm-hmm. I've I've selected my uncle as the person I need to give it. You get to choose. Oh uh, no! It's you draw out. Okay. And I'm like, what do I get my uncle? I know some stuff about him, but I'm like, I don't want. I know he like really likes. I know his exact style of clothing. He mm-hmm. always wears pants, button down, V neck sweater, scarf. Hmm. Um, and he like he's a writer. Hmm. So I know these things better, but I'm like trying to get him something kind of cool, maybe. Or what should I get him? Like this a. So oh, yeah, go. No, It'll you go, Claire. Cool I was just gonna say this isn't very cool or like meeting the cool things about your uncle that you've said, but I've found that like I don't know gift exchanges. There's a lot of. I don't know. Sometimes I, if someone is drinks alcohol, I get them a nice bottle of wine. And if they don't, I like make them cookies. <laughs> oh, just something that you genius. can consume. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I have stuff, too much stuff anxiety. So yes. I like to give someone a consumable. But also, like, you know, his clothing style. That's very cool. Like, maybe you'll find something cool clothing wise. I mean, yeah. I'm drawn to the writer stuff. I, I think yeah. one of the best gifts I ever got was a cool pen. But but I think even better is maybe something mundane. Like I have a favorite type of notebook and a favorite type of pen now. And like two years ago for Chris, maybe three at this point, who knows, pandemic style. But (laughs) uh, my mom got me refills for the kinds of pens I like. And I just have not run out of them. And it's so nice. And then I have this one kind of like Japanese pub like notebook that i've started seeing more in stationary stores and it's perfect like i don't know why i think i'm gonna show you like see it doesn't bleed like (laughs) but the paper i got a notebook that was cute and it doesn't lay flat and i feel like such a fool paper lays flat 
it doesn't ble- I, I have I have kind of a bleedy pen and it doesn't bleed. So I don't know. Uh-huh. That kind of stuff I would get pretty hard for that yes. kind of gift. Okay. That is actually making me be like, yes, yes, yes. That kind of notebooks, pens, maybe yeah. even a nice little like leather binder or something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So what else? We should switch to more. What advice do you need? Mine's just like eggs, like just existential stuff. That's like it could be just like its own too long stuff. It's just ultimately I'll figure it out, and it's boring. (laughs) Ultimately, I'll figure it out before death, (laughs) or kind of not. It's just like what what of my what of my creative things and and money things are working and what's not working. What should I cut? Mm -hmm. What should I Mm -hmm. streamline? Blah 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 blah. Fucking boring bullshit. But what what uh, do you have other notes, Megan? Or should we return to the usual style of Claire leading us through her notes? I I all I have is mental notes. So I think I I think we got to go our usual style. Okay. Okay. Well, I love the opening on the advice one. Love it. Wait, Claire, can I interrupt you? Because the other thing that I just like have to get out that stuck with me so much is the way he just like broke down how easy it is to organize like at the end when he was just like, you know what the problem is in your school or he said school as an example, I think. Because he works with a lot of like young people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and what is that? And what would work to change? And it just... This was, I almost did this as my, like, what do you have, what do you need advice on? And, but it was more existential, as you said, Dave sort of scrapped it, but it's just like, how do you solve a problem without, and then it kind of ties back in to Claire, what you were sort of mentioning, without mm-hmm. bringing hella anxiety to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the way that you can, like, solve it, she's like, it's like, okay, it's so hard. I mean, <laughs> and, and it's like, and we have to, like, look it up and we have to, like, figure out. And yes. it, and it's like oh actually you can just be like one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. calmly yes. working towards change logically and it doesn't have to be angsty and I just was like that's cool yes and inspiring. it was a good like little kind of kick in the pants for me because I bitch and moan about organizing and I have not organized on his level like even close but like taking being a part of organizing the white collar employees at the onion into a union (laughs) was really hard and challenging and like I I don't know I'm always like everyone should unionize their workplace it's amazing but also like I feel like it stole a year off my life (laughs) but I think like listening to Oscar did I say that right Dave I think I've been saying Oscar Oscar Oscar. No, and I just said Oscar. So I mean, wrong. I don't know. I I don't know. I am. I did. I, I th- this was one where I actually did some. And, but and I want to put a pin. I want to come back to what you're saying, Claire. And I want to totally mm-hmm. take you off track. Mm-hmm. But I did do some kind of uh, fancy editing. Um, yeah. It, like I cut out some big chunks um, that are yeah, there yeah. in the extended episode. Uh, so I cut for the main feed, I cut out those chunks. Mm-hmm. And one of the chunks that I cut out was an extended um, conversation about when he mentions in the main feed episode that I remind him of Jack Black. Yeah. There was a whole <laughs> yes. literally five minutes of me talking about coming to terms with being okay with looking like Jack Black and like us 
us having kind faces and enjoy and like uh, uh, liking our bodies and everything. And so that was like, um, and, and, and that, the reason I'm thinking of that is because it came right after me worrying that I was over pronouncing the Spanish. Yes. You um, said like, am I doing this? Yeah. Like Oscar Sanchez, you know, <laughs> um, but like, but yeah, so Claire, sorry, you were talking about organizing your workplace also, Claire, I didn't know that you were – I knew that there was like a onion union, but I had no idea you were instrumental in that. And it sounds like – Oh, I would not – instrumental is a powerful – I got involved early, but I, I would not say that like I was like – like I – someone had a like lunch coffee with me and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll get some people on board. But I, um, I think just listening so cool. to – Oscar, and truly, what is the most annoying thing? White people trying to pronounce anything. But anyways, <laughs> um, he was just—he was saying it, it. It was simple, and it is easy. And I was like, I wonder if a lot of the mental drama I have around it is really worrying about whether people like me or like whether mm. things went well or the conversation went smoothly. Mm. And I think like if I just like didn't worry about that, I I wonder if organizing would feel a lot simpler i don't know it's still whoo it's sometimes i'm like i gotta get out of this game <laughs> but it is still really rewarding it, it really can't like getting severance for your like colleagues and stuff is it, it is wow yeah but yeah. also people are babies <laughs> in the best oh. way i love all my comrades <laughs> so wait hit us with a bunch of a bunch of notes rapid succession here Claire. Oh yes, yes. Okay, so he speaks about uh, the hell we live through, but also he talks about uh, what his hell might be, which for him might be losing his voice. And I was like, of course it is, of course it is, because you can tell like he is just absolutely on fire with his like message. And just like mm. what where he's at, and like I have never needed to pause the podcast so much to like take a beat and like take like when you later on ask him to slow down. Yeah, that quote, like, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, I literally Wait, transcribed I it because <laughs> I was like, I I need to write it down. That's how it's still going so fast. Like it, it and I've never. I've never felt the need of like, oh, I need to just wait and pause and just like say that back to myself or whatever. I think that I, that's a problem I have with comedy is doing stuff like that on stage and still delivering ideas and jokes to an audience that is mm -hmm. trying to just process a thought I have made too abstract right. for them to like process in real time. Just that not is... a great style. No, I yeah, and then especially if you're like confused about it and then it's just like takes one person being like oh you didn't get a laugh there because people were really confused about what was going on <laughs> you're like oh okay thank you right right like, right right that's like so helpful to get that note like <laughs> wasn't that it was not funny it was that it was making no sense yeah you were no sense. running you were sprinting through your material right right that's, i feel like that's always the early comic note is like you didn't even take a breath. <laughs> oh, really? I feel like it's a variation of what Meg is saying, which is, which is, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, just like oh, yeah, yeah. saying that a premise is just like aging is weird can be the start of a joke is like right. fucking revelatory right. when you get there, you know? <laughs> right. Like you, you just, 
it's just whether it's actually yes let's just call it yes before (laughs) i just repeat what you just said so what else what's your what's your next uh quick small note his daily prayer saying to god let me know who you are i thought that was kind of baller move badass just saying hey show yourself bitch coward (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding he didn't say that but i just thought it was kind of (laughs) cool it's a prayer like even an atheist could do yeah 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 some um he said you okay like kind of he said you have to kind of like understand history to kind of take in the totality of oppression and I really appreciated that because I think I've been in a moment now of like person on personal level, like let the past go, you know, be in the present, you know, yesterday mm. is over, you know, stop, like, you know, that's, it's not going to serve you. But I think that's true on a personal level, but it's still like important. I don't know. It just like reminded me that there's two sides to everything. Like I've been very in the thing of like live in the present, forget the past, blah, blah, blah. And don't ruminate on the future. But like, it's like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place for reviewing and like revisiting. Yeah. It, it was, it, who, who did I hear? I think I was watching, show, oh, oh yeah. I was watching Selling Sunset which is like a terrible <laughs> show, uh, a terrible reality show on Netflix, which is so amazing. But this I one, see it. I've seen it referenced. So dude, much this like, one like, character who's awesome. like the star of the show, she just like goes to see this like person's mindset coach. And she talks about like very vaguely her like traumatic childhood. And it's just like, she, and she talks about how like, that's like, that's how, why I never like focusing on the past because then, th- you know, in the world of these women, she, she's done like kind of fucked up things to these ladies, but she's like, that's in the past. Can we just let that go and move on? And they're like, no, you like talk shit about me during my divorce in the news. And she's like, I hate focusing on the past. <laughs> so Claire, don't like become that. Ago, she slaps, she like slaps someone. They're like ow my face and it's like that is over we're not doing the slap anymore join me here why won't you let it go oh my god forget it that sounds like a cigarette sandwich sketch that's so true Uh, all cigarette sandwich sketches are like b versions of a strickland sketch No, oh, Strickland sketch meaning like two sketches total, <laughs> two fucking hot, piping hot classics. Pulitzer Prize winning Pulitzer sketches. Prize for year old <laughs> posting on Twitter sketches. Yeah. So wait, Claire, what's next? Mm, yes, yes. Um, we have to make that mm, this is not a serious note. This is something for the Patreon. Would be us learning bachata. <laughs> I think I know it already. Not to brag. Really? Oh, like you've listened it live, or are you just from listening? You like danced along? No, I've learned it in life. Like at us, I used to go salsa dancing, and then that would also be like oh. the main part of like another main dance. It sounds it's like easy. Step, step, hip. Is he was saying dip, but to me, it's sort of like, and he's he's right, but obviously he knows, <laughs> but. <laughs> but how I and that actually is a 
more clarifying. But how I kind of learned it was like step, step, pop that hip. Mm. But it is more of a dip, actually. And that's a better <laughs> explanation. <laughs> well, maybe it's just an explainer video from Megan. Yes. Now that's <laughs> that's what the Patreon needs. That's what the Patreon needs. But then I did. I was like unsure of like, when did he stop talking about horchata or was he ever talking about horchata and then also talking about No, it? no. I, hearing I was hearing barchata and he thought I said horchata. And you were and, like, no, I'm not that dumb. Yeah, well, right. I was trying to like save face and be like, well, oh, I understand. I actually, there's a taqueria by my apartment. I uh, drink horchata all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then he quickly went back and it's, yeah, bachata. Um, um, okay. Very intrigued by the idea of becoming a diamond when i'm dead i was really into the mushroom suit i think i still have pro mushroom suit um but i'm very intrigued by the diamond and curious how much it's worth the mushroom suit was in the in the m sage episode for yes for those who are just joining us on this is your episode. yeah <laughs> on this episode <laughs> i mean Perfect what entree. show has given me more ideas about how i'd like to be buried no other show yo yeah. i want to i need That's a sticker that says that on yes. i need to make cds of the podcast and put that on the sticker <laughs> just <laughs> talk about ideas. most ideas about how to be buried Ever. Dude, talk about one, two, and three. an insane, terrible direction to think I should take my career is I've created a podcast. Okay, fine. Maybe we're going somewhere. Then created a show where my friends like talk to me about their thoughts about the podcast. Okay, where are we going with this? Then <laughs> I, out of that second show, I I make CDs. I make CDs yes. and I put a, a sticker <laughs> that says it'll give you ideas about how you want to be buried. And I'm trying to market myself as a comedian. What a <laughs> fucked, terrible Dave, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's exactly what Joe Pear is doing. Uh, right, correct. Wow. You're in the right lane. Oh, my God. But no, it is true. Like the, So wait, are you pro-Diamond, Claire? You think you are not as much as Mushroom Soup? But... No, I think ultimately I'm team Mushroom Soup, but but I'm intrigued by the Diamond. Okay. Also, I think it's Dave, really- it was... What? Sorry. No, no. Go, Claire. <laughs> I'm real ch- booster shot chatterbox tonight. <laughs> um, I was just like the mushroom is like the, I think the better instinct in me, like to like become one with Earth, and the diamond mm-hmm. is like to be diamonds are forever. That is a really. If you were to like go really deep with it, mushroom suit is like dust to dust. Diamond is like don't you you can't be forgotten after you die. Damn, right, that is like right. a pretty heavy team mushroom suit versus team diamond. Do we have a new official canon question? This is your <laughs> afterlife. So, no, I will I, I will provide no explanation. Team mushroom suit or diamond? <laughs> <laughs> That's the opening to every podcast. Paint your team mushroom suit or diamond. <laughs> but wait, Megan, what were you going to say? Oh, it was just so money that you like immediately knew what he was referencing. Because when 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 he when Oscar was yeah. like when Oscar Oscar <laughs> was like um, 
cut it, cut my attempt, um, was like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go like the diamond route. I was like, what in the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> and then you were like, oh, that thing. And I was like, oh, okay, it's a thing. <laughs> well, someone oh, else God. referred to it like really early on, I think. Someone has referred to the diamond. Someone has referred to your ashes being pressed into a record. Um and then that makes noise. yeah, that makes that makes noise. It says, "Help, it get me out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> say, what if it was just straight up your voice being like, "Megan, hello." It's like a ringtone. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the sound of your death rattle recorded onto a vinyl record, but on your ashes. So no one ever wants to listen to it, but they can't feel. They feel like they can't let it go because it is you. But you're going like, oh, oh, no, that's the worst of the worst of both worlds, the worst midway point between the diamond and the mushroom. (laughs) Yeah. But then the one that everyone refers to is Corpus Mundi, the egg that turns you into a tree, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Everyone says, oh, the tree. And I and oh, I, I was joking when I said, of course, yeah, because Corpus Mundi was a new phrase. But then I remember mm, we've, we've mm. talked about this before. Okay, well, I had to learn. I've like ingrained it into myself now because it's so deep into me that yes. I like people have referenced it so many times that yeah, that I have it there. Wow, I have the word. That's good. I mean, it's your it's your bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, Corp- this is your work. Corpus Mundi. It's your Corpus Mundi. Corpus Mundi is my <laughs> Corpus body body of work. Mm, okay, Claire, life. save us. Okay, <laughs> that should be the name of this show. Claire, save us. Yeah. Well, Claire's on booster shot, so he, let's try. On Claire's booster. on booster. Okay, here speed round. Good food at your funeral. Great call by me. Approved by me. Love the idea. <laughs> Of having great food at your funeral. And then, yes, let's make these bitches listen to my music for once. Love that idea. <laughs> You're in charge of the playlist. No one can change it. Yes. <laughs> Love that. What would you put? Pop girls. Shut up, everyone. Shut up, all everyone. It's time for the pop girls. Doesn't everyone already pop like girls. pop girls? It's time for the pop girls. I feel like maybe I'm kind of playing the victim card here. But you know, at back in the day when the party was about who's got the aux cord, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many times I've put on the pop girls and some sorry to paint with a broad brush here, but boy <laughs> would be like, this is like bogus o'clock and I'm gonna change it. Like what pop girl? Like like who's a classic one? I mean, I feel like back in college I would just like put on Beyonce probably because that was like the time of my life. But like probably now today I would want everyone to listen to Ariana Grande or something. Mm. I mean, I still want people to listen to Beyonce, but I feel like she's like evolved her image so that she's like almost more serious, which I love. I love everything Beyonce does to be clear. Um, I think I told Dave on Instagram. What? Nothing. (laughs) Like every post on Instagram is everything. I, she just seemed, (laughs) Well, no, I'm not gonna. Sometimes it's like we get it. You're rich. Oh my god, the beehive is gonna find you. I know. But Megan coming out hard. Sometimes (laughs) Beyonce leans into the rich thing a little too much. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you heard it here first. Scathing cultural <laughs> critique. Okay, so wait, Megan, what what music would you make people listen to? I don't think I would. Everyone has better music taste than me. Oh, right. I forgot you like, yeah. But I, I, I maybe one song but by it's my your time. band. My time. Wait, what one song by your favorite band? Who's your favorite band? Not, uh, not a specific song, but maybe like a song by my favorite band, which is Shovels and Rope. What's Shovels and Rope? I know. They're a little duo. Uh, they're a band. They're from Charleston, South Carolina, but they're they're really good. They're like famous now. Americana. I'm trying to think what they're like famous for, what people would like know them from. They performed on Letterman one time. Oh. Um, they're like rockabilly, rock and roll, little Americana kind of <laughs> group. I really like them. I appreciate the apology in your voice as you explain <laughs> this. They're good. Oh, shovels and rope. They have a big fest that called the High Water Festival that they host, mm. where they go out at Cool Axe Go, and I've always wanted to go, and maybe I'll go this year. I've never gone. I've never been. That does sound really nice. Yeah. They sound like- so maybe I'll die, and then I'll be able to have my funeral <laughs> the High Water Fest. <laughs> that would work out. Just kidding. Claire, what else? <laughs> Claire, save us. Um. I had recently learned about this cake smashing tradition because of Twitter. Right, actually, yes. like maybe just two days before your podcast. Okay, the head into the cake. Yeah, not for me. Respectfully to all the other elements of the culture, that one's not for me. Well, there just has to be a, a, a cake that we agree to smash and a cake that we agree to eat. Mm. No, leave my face out of it. It's my okay. birthday. <laughs> He's oh my here. god! <laughs> is this a surprise? Oh my god! <laughs> this is why I'm so excited. Oscar's oh my- here. <laughs> Hi, Oscar, what is up? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Oscar- We're just talking about your podcast. Oscar, this is Megan and Claire, and Oscar, and. Yeah, and we were all. Everyone was uh, was was <laughs> wringing our hands about how to pronounce your name. Um, yes. Various very variations of whiteness abounding, um, <laughs> and and Claire tends to have notes and kind of lead us through thoughts, and then Megan and I kind of <laughs> chime in. But uh, I mean, I don't think you can like the worst way I get my name pronounced sometimes, and I, I blame sometimes. I want to give people grace and say it's because I have a deep voice, and I'm like, oh, my name is Oscar, and like Austin. I'm like, how do you get Austin from Oscar? Yeah, and it's not just one person; it's 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 a lot. But I love to be here. Uh, Dave told me about you too, and that's a love. Because I was oh. we were recording, we were having the conversation, and I was like, I was like, man, I told him that I was excited. I was like, I'm excited. We do this weird like after show thing. I'm excited for them to hear this. And he was like, Can I? Can I come on that? literally the only person to ask if they could be on the weirdest biggest vanity project of all time this is this is fully the talk back now i know well you can actually uh ask your ask the questions we were just talking uh oscar about the cake moment and claire was very anti cake face smashing leave my face out of it she said (laughs) 
I don't know if I should. I, I want. I want to rebuttal it, but I don't know if it's. A, should I rebuttal that? Rebuttal. rebuttal yeah. yeah. So the thing is, like, I'm. I'm against. I'm against aggressive. I'm against like Stevie Oki. Well, people love that <laughs> shit, but I'm against like it's your child's birthday party and you're gonna throw a birthday cake at them, right? But like, yeah. I think. I think it's cute. Like, I think it's adorable. A lot of kids do cry when they're young, but when you're older, like. <laughs> Well, it's real. Like some, it's because they don't know it. Like they don't even. It happens from like your one all the way until like. Depends off how fun your friends are. Like it can happen your whole life. <laughs> but you'll see like one year old babies. Like they'll be like, oh, more of these. be like, bye. And you see this little kid like, Oop. like you like, but it's not even aggressive. They just like they're like, and then like they get up. They're like, some of them would love it. I remember I had one cousin. He was like into it. He's like, he grabbed the cake and then smashed his head in it again. Right. <laughs> And then we're all like, that kid is special. <laughs> and but yeah, I think I think if it's slow, I think it's something nice. They don't cover mm-hmm. the whole cake, it's like a part of the cake, and only that person keeps that cake, or like the parents. Um we have something called comer por lastima, um, eat because like you feel bad. So like it's always known like parents will eat like your children's dish that they don't finish. So like, you always oh. see parents eating that part of the cake too. Oh, there's not a separate that. cake for eating. It's not that there's, there's one. Not. Okay. No, so, we, we don't have, we're not white, bro. We don't have money. <laughs> so wait, Claire, are you willing to stand by your your opinion here, or has this rebuttal? Do you have the courage of conviction, well, or are I, you going to cave? Food, right? It's not. You don't ruin the cake. I think it's traumatic. Like if it's a really aggressive, but. On top of that, we have like vessels con crema. We bring out like jello with choco flan. We bring out a bunch of dishes on top to complement like the cake, right? So the cake is not like the only thing at a party. Like we have a bunch of like, you know, we call for a quinceanera and for a baptism, you have padrinos y padrinas, which are godmothers and godfathers. When you have birthday parties for kids, like you got everybody throwing down dishes too. Right, so it's right, like right. A very wow. community thing. So, Claire. Mm. I mean, this is maybe even more embarrassing is I wasn't even worried about the cake. It was all about my vanity. <laughs> I, I, okay, I respect the tradition, but I still don't wish it on my face. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't take it back because I would not respect you as much if Oscar said that and you like, you said. I had a group of college girlfriends who did like, um, a cake smash on birthdays, and I was always relieved that my birthday was in the summer. Can we all agree that we can we'll smash a cake on Dave though? Yes, I'll take a. I'll, you can smash a cake on me. I'm down with that. I don't know. Can You're I do to my neighbor right? what I won't have done to me? <laughs> the golden rule of cake smashing. So but then, but that's inconsistent, right? Because you're like you're not against it. You're only against it for yourself, but not against it for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know mm. if I can stand by that. I have to be a blanket rule. <laughs> Why not? I say own being a hypocrite. I think it's okay to be a hypocrite when it comes mm-hmm. to cake smashing. Mm. No. I'll, think, yeah. I'll let you know next episode. <laughs> no. Oh, Oscar says no. He's like, no. Sorry, man. So wait, Claire, what's your... What's Bro, your... during the pandemic, families have been doing of cupcakes because they're like, oh, we can't ruin the whole cake. It's a pandemic, right? Oh. So they do cupcakes. We grab a little cupcake and be like... Okay, can maybe pictures where like the cake is the cupcake is still stuck to like their head because that would be cool. Like uh, the cupcake isn't like, like hasn't fallen cup. off. Yeah, like a suction cup. 
like a little bowl like a little- yeah 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 that sounds like a like a like the kind of like baby photography that white people do of like uh like a one year cake smash photo shoot have you guys heard of those those baby yes, photography cake. yeah maybe I, know I mean, I just want reveals. to have a birthday party really bad. That's all I can kind of think about right now. <laughs> when is your birthday? Six months. <laughs> hey, half, half birthday. I'm curious. Is it wrong to plan your own surprise birthday party? No. Well, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> because you, it wouldn't be, I mean, wouldn't it be impossible? <laughs> you can take a substance that erases your memory. <laughs> You can men in black yourself. Yes. <laughs> well, that that would be cool to like plan a surprise birthday party as if it wasn't you, and then show up and be like, "Oh my god, you, got you know, like <laughs> like sort of marry and edit or whatever." You just made, made me think of uh, I think White Bear from like Black Mirror, where like oh, yeah. the of like having to be like chased around by like the community because like a crime she committed, but like she has to relive that all the time. But and then yesterday I was talking to to a friend of mine, and she was telling me about her and her roommate were sleeping, um, and they're they're for some reason Vivarium was on, and it's like this there's this creepy baby scene that like a twelve year old starts crying out of nowhere, but it's not a crazy it's not a scary movie, but you just hear a bait like this little child crying right, but they wake up to this child crying because they end up falling asleep during the movie, and then her roommate's boyfriend comes in the door because he's like what the hell's going on like he's walking the dogs. But I think, like, I think about that sometimes. Like, what if, and I, I think about Dave. I'm like, what if you wake up and I don't know where, like, the world's on fire? And you're like, the f- like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have any answers for that either. I don't know what I would do. Okay. And I wanted to say this. That's what it's like being an organizer. You literally, like, you don't know what's going to happen every day. Like, today I came out of an intense meeting. I just had an anxiety attack that I, had to, I, I was in the shower right now. Uh, having a talk with my friend and I didn't know how much that that call impacted me until like I started driving and I feel my heart like caving and I'm like I'm like no I'm like no like it's been it's been it's I've been I've been fine and it just fucking hits wow and it's made me really like think like damn like people don't get it we wake up or any instant our our lives are just gone yeah we were having a lot of fun here man but you really kind of brought down the uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, i'm just messing around I'm, yeah i'm you sorry about, hard, I i'm mean, sorry yeah, you had the anxiety got, attack such a real yeah. really a real and real but are you saying job. are you saying that it that you don't know what issues are gonna come up on a mm-hmm. day like a whole new community issue or are you saying just like people's responses to things are gonna be different I think everything can be an issue, right? Anything can come up and be like, damn. For example, right, um, maybe a new development's coming into the community. That can be an issue. The way, for example, the community responds. What if it's something very negative and they're painting a narrative that's very positive and the community members are falling for it? That's, like, very triggering. Like, damn, like, they're getting to us. Um, So there's so many different layers to it. Like, it can add on to an issue. It can be, like, all, like, community members all of us are against this we're good we're gonna be have that people power but 
you know, there's many different layers of like what can ha- ha- cause this. And again, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty good at being emotionally intelligent. I, I want to st- say, and I haven't got an anxiety attack for over a year. So when it hit me, I was really thinking like, what, what's going on? So mm-hmm. when shit that hits the fan, it's again, it could be anything. I and did a whole show in during a panic attack one time. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. I like, I was like literally just the whole time thinking about how I wanted it. I was like, I just got to get through this part. Just got to get through this part. Just got to get through this part. Just like completely. It wasn't even like out of body, like looking down. It was just, um, thank God I have this on autopilot. Cause it's, I, and it was a great, it was during Cincinnati fringe, which was a great experience for me. I no no, it was just like body chemistry doing its thing no like reason it just fucking happened and i was like oh my god okay i hope i remember this because my brain is like not in this right now and uh yeah yeah, it's crazy i I think about that right i think people don't understand when they are around trauma so much how it gets to them like that's why i have to put on like positive music i have to like always put myself in it with friends and people are making laugh. That's why I like talking to Dave today. I literally fucking texted him a piece of choco flan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you got to show me the cheesecake shit, man. I know. Yeah. I, I'm, I've been wanting it since I heard you talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep it. Let's keep it. Uh, I'm going to cut you off, Megan. Tell me if that's okay. Um, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to keep Claire grounding us. Mm. And I want to. I'm sensing the ability for Oscar to take us into a land where we record a whole new podcast with different questions, as opposed to I'm doing so the very important work of recapping exactly what happened in the previous <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to ask Claire to keep us on track and give us the next note. But I am well, sorry for interrupting yes. you, Megan. I'm sorry, Oscar, for your experience guys. today. Fuck you, Dave. Hey. You. Okay. No one can see that you flipped me off. It's a guy telling us what to do. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we got to lean into our power at some points, you know? He's going down. Well, I'm going to keep the heavy vibes uh, just because. Um, you were speaking about being your, your being your parents' saving grace, or specifically being your mom's saving grace. And I was like, man, that I was just thinking about what a like incredible like privilege, but also heavy burden that must be. <laughs> Not to force you to speak to that. <laughs> it, it is heavy. I think people don't understand. Like, I I think many people can relate to this. Like. It's generational trauma we have to address. And it's even this, like I was having this conversation today talking about like, what does family mean to us? Like, what does an actual family mean? Um, or what does it mean? What does it mean to have give grace? What does it mean to give love? Like, what does it really mean when you come from oppression? And I, I was asking my mother this and they, they just get really defensive. And then I told, we were talking like, and we came to this consensus, like how can we know what to give to, to our children when we weren't even given this and we weren't even given examples of how to be these type of parents. And then as a child, it's having the grace to tell my parents love me the only way they knew. But then Mm. I see myself ripping apart these chains saying, I don't care 
about all these like social constructs. I'm going to love my child unconditionally in this manner that I'm being brought up in. Right. But mm-hmm. it's really, tra- it's really traumatic because I'll say this, like as, as much as we don't want to say, we want to want to have our parents, you know, as much as we don't want to say, we don't care about getting anyone's support. Like sometimes it's just like wanting that recognition from your, your father, your mother, or having, it'd be amazing. Like you go to a protest and your dad's there with you or your mom's there with you, or you're doing these things and you have that support from your family, but it's going into this whole other level saying, you know, you can also choose your other family. You can choose, you know, your comrades, you can choose these folks that are willing to be there for you. Um, But again, my mom is everything to me. Well, it's interesting that you talk about, because I like re-listening to the podcast for this. um, I, sometimes I lose the magic from the recording to the editing and re-listening. And like, I'm like, Oh no, this felt like an amazing conversation is the fact that it doesn't to me anymore. Like mean that it's not. Um, But even, but this, but that moment of like that I titled the podcast and I told you I was going to this ugly baby gave you hope, but like Mm -hmm. um, that that moment (laughs) like still gave me chills when I heard it. And it reminds me, you're talking about grace and like the best definition, most functional definition I've heard of grace comes from recovery, like 12 step room stuff. And it's just the ability to start over and have things turn out differently. And, and, and so that it applies in recovery when you're relapsing a ton and it's like, well, what's the point of getting sober this time? It's like, well, because there's such a thing as grace and you can like actually get sober this time. And it might be the last time you drink or use or act out or whatever. And, um, I don't know. It's almost like you offered your mom grace in that moment. She sees this baby and she's like, you know, I'm trying to tie two ideas together here. The other idea is even though she didn't have good, good models of how to raise kids, you're like providing it for her with this opportunity to start over. I wouldn't necessarily say it's good models of being a parent. I think again, you know, was she an amazing mother with everything she was giving? Yes. Was it expectations of how, again, cause I think what happens even with American media it creates this idea of how parents should be, but it's different. Like, okay, for example, this, right. I wish my parents would have been there for, I went, I went first to like a little white school. It was majority white. And I wish my parents were there to see me do the performances. Right. But that doesn't exist for us. My parents would work over 14 hours a day. Like plays and shit. You mean? Yeah. You're in plays. I was like in first grade, bro. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, All right. I want to know, I, I want to know what parts you were playing. Bro, I, I didn't even speak English, so they put me as the tree. <laughs> I love a tree. Wow. Thank you. We, we That's love like the, and that was know, the I beginning like of movie. becoming an environmental organizer. <laughs> <laughs> you were the tree. So, the thing about like parents is I, I think like we all have this thing where we like imagine how we would be I, I think it's a thing that maybe all children do, is that you kind of imagine like ways that you would have been a better you could have been a better parent to your specific self but i don't think we like 
that's like almost like a hindsight is twenty twenty thing. Like, mm-hmm. and I think when we are parents, if we ever choose to be, we're going to be like so surprised by how different. We just only imagine parenting someone that's exactly ourselves, and I feel like we're all going to be surprised by like the unique if we have kids by like the unique <laughs> human life that we kind of are totally taken like is that you know you you can't retroactively you know imagine how you would parent you have to be like there's this whole new thing that's going to happen with all these new challenges yeah that's a really good point you know? i didn't i don't usually think about that but that is like yeah, yeah. well thanks dave yeah cool. no, i think it, i think i I, I I love time travel, like that concept of time travel. I do, but I, and I, you can do it. <laughs> well, oh shit, you're about to get some like deep answer here. <laughs> yeah, no, you are, but no, like I think we live in, like okay. Sometimes, how do I say this? Sometimes we think we saw life through a certain way, but when we relive it, it wasn't exactly how we thought it was, right? So even then, like, I think about this all the time. Like, if I were to time travel, I wouldn't be who I am today. If I hindsight went back, you know, trying to change my past, am I going to still be who I am today? If I could time travel and keep all my regulations and thoughts, perfect. But that's not going to happen. Like, that's not how it works. You're, you're affecting everything. So I've learned that, like, and this is what I love this movie, but it's it's white folks. But um I don't hate white folks. I feel like this, this is like an ongoing thing. We don't think you hate white folks. No one's thinking that. But you also can. But also, <laughs> is it white chicks? Is that what you're talking about? What's the movie? No, this is a movie called About Time. And it's about. Oh, this. I love that movie. I love it, right? I love it. So because good. he can time travel, but he learns the real way to experience life is to experience it once and to actually put your full effort into it. And that's what that's what I do. Like, what I what I what I tell you, this is one thing I'll do, and then I'll be quiet because I tell folks, you always tell folks, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like thinking about like it's we have all this time to figure it out. And we do, right? To an extent. But it's like, who do you want to be today? Right? Like we think about what the kind of parent we want to be when we're older. Why don't we mentor? Why don't we try getting rid of these trauma we have and be a better person today for ourselves? Oh, we're wow. deserving of that. So who are you gonna be today? For yourself, who are going to be today for your career, right? Who are going to be for yourself? And that's why I tell the youth, I'm like, hey, I'm feeling inspired. <laughs> this is why I want. This is why I want to do this because I knew you, there would be moments like this. I was very, <laughs> yes, that's that. Heck yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Now I'm like, okay, I gotta get off this call because I have to go. That's I have to go be who I want to be today. That's Oscar's ideal response. He's he's in he's on the southeast side, like like preaching to people and just having a bunch of white ladies go, heck yes. That's his ideal. <laughs> no, 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 yes. Oh, heck so, yes. There's actually there's actually a pastor. Shout out to uh, the Southeast Methodist Church. They're like, yo, we want to hear you preach. And I'm like, I am I don't know if I should be that. Like, I don't, I curse a lot. They're like, <laughs> calm. You should, you should speak to, you speak a lot of truth. And I'm like, don't know. Don't you know should do it, dude. If they'll let you curse, yeah. dude, cursing. Yeah. Wait, you gotta take if, your own advice on that one. Who do you want to be? Yo, I, I mean, this, this is different. Uh, I don't want to do it. So I'm okay with it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I get that. <laughs> Claire, I mean, probably I a, a of the clock, sign of but... healthy humility. Um, 
<laughs> um, this is a very directly related to parenting, the parenting conversation we were just having. Like, I was thinking my mom hated brand name stuff. And I think it was because her mom loved brand names. Mm-hmm. But my mom, her whole thing was don't you're don't be a walking advertisement for anybody. You're paying. She's like, when you buy brand names stuff, you're gonna be an advertisement for you're paying to be an ad. And I now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's smart. But as a kid, I was like, I just want to be like the other kids. And I just want to have the shoes or the clothes or the whatever. But just thinking about like, like, I don't know, like you want to parent in the ways that you didn't get parented. So my mom wanted to be like, passing on that knowledge, like she wanted me to feel free to like play sports because she didn't get to like be a tomboy. And meanwhile, all I wanted to do is like do ballet and wear brand names. <laughs> Which <laughs> I think like, is you are not my child. <laughs> yes, exactly. Poor woman. But like I think it's just so, you know, we try to fill the gaps mm-hmm. in what we didn't get, like y'all were saying. Like you try to be like, oh well, I didn't get this, so I'm gonna do all of this or whatever. And then you end up creating like a new weird ripple that your kid's going to want to correct for or whatever. (laughs) We'll never totally be free. (laughs) Um, I'm the same way though. I don't like buying brand things because they're expensive. And Mm -hmm. the way I do for, I do, I so basically do organizing photography. I don't, I I don't mean this to make a joke, but like if, if I'm not on the floor at least once a day, like trying to take a picture or getting all dirty and muddy, like I didn't really have a day. Like that's my day Mm -hmm. in the life every day. Um, even my nice jackets, like, I don't care. Like, I, and there's even a time, right? I had a cousin from Mexico. He came and we took him to the zoo lights and my car had a flat tire. And there I was with this really nice jean jacket, a white t-shirt. And I was like, why well, have to change the tire? I don't care. I'm gonna get dirty. <laughs> and that, like, the thing like about brand things, like I don't buy them because they're, they're, it's because like, they're out of reach. It's just like, I know they're going to get dirty. I want to use what I have. That's, that's the nice thing about wearing white t-shirts is like they're so cheap and if you have like a nice brand of white t-shirt you can just fucking roll through those motherfuckers well i you you have to go to the next level it's no longer white t-shirts it's just black t-shirts see i think it is for me i think it because i've done the black t-shirt thing i'm trying to reclaim some like body positivity because like because yeah yeah, whiteness like white white t-shirts are (laughs) right t-shirts you know what i mean um uh, i'm always that's my big thing no but i just think like big like fat people get told not to wear like like light colors you know that much so i'm trying to be like i'm gonna be a big white fucking piece of shit coming at you you know what i mean I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love but it. I appreciate you yeah. making it fucking plan the race card. Typical. <laughs> typical. <laughs> it's always Mexican, you know, giving up the oppression that, you know, that they provide to white people. <laughs> yeah, man. If only, if only we did this more often. <laughs> but Claire, what do you got next? I'm I'm getting close to the end of my list, but oh, I just really was thinking of um thank you. Um organizing to solve an issue versus organizing at the root cause. Mm. Um and I feel like in my 
organizing efforts in my, again, white collar workplace. There's a lot of band-aid <laughs> organizing that we do. Like, oh, you know, this thing sprung a leak or this thing boss problem, this person thing, like we're gonna go through the union, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, oh yeah, none of these things are tackling the root issue of our workplace. And, and I don't know if I'm ready to do that because the root issue is that we're owned by private equity and um, that's pretty big <laughs> or yeah. that uh, it exists at all. Anyways. Um... <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, oh, yeah, wow. You can keep going. Don't say sorry. I, I think it's real. But yeah, I was just, just thinking about how many times in my life I've kind of done the surface fix as opposed to thinking about like what's what's going to make this problem come back in six months or something like it, you know? Well, look, there's nothing wrong with looking at the issue, but if you never solve the, the system, we're always going to keep fighting, right? So I think about, mm-hmm. you know, these issues almost like a ship, right? You know, we have to think about like what is causing the main issue right now? There's this giant fucking leak, right? Like, fuck, mm-hmm. we got to tape this up. Right. And then we tape it up. We spend our time. But then we're like, oh, shit. The whole problem this whole time is that we're somewhere in this ocean that keeps puncturing the ship. We have to leave. So it's about how can we be sustainable to work on the issues while also looking to really address the root cause of it? So I think surf like band-aid things aren't necessarily the worst things. So I don't want to say like it's performative. But mm. when people only work to solve those type of issues, I, I, I think I've said this is like, be very intentional with your language then. If you talk about dismantling a system and you're only like pricking at it, you don't really believe in dismantling the system. So mm. stop saying that. Yeah. So th- that's where I come from. Like that, that's more of my. I really like that, that framing of it. It's like, okay, yeah, we need some some work on on that on those sort of leaks, but never always keeping in mind, like what's causing the leak ultimately. It does seem yeah. really daunting though. Cause it's like it, it all, sometimes it feels like you need the capital R revolution to happen to make mm. the actual lasting changes. Um, mm. Yeah. So, so I definitely get it being daunting. Um, it is. Yeah. Well, that's why I said ocean. And that's a part of it. Because we have to really, like, we have to be emphasizing that we are up against a system. We're not going against just one department, one institution. There are institutions, institutions funded by foundations that are supported by these governments. It is a whole system. And that's why, again, I I always say this, like, every system is perfectly designed to get the result it gets. You can't reform the government only. You can't reform these institutions. You can't reform these foundations. You can't like reform these like services, like the police department, the fire, like firefighters, nurses, like you can't reform them all individually, even unions. I think unions are amazing, but also there is racism within them. You can't reform them. We have to look at really dismantling what we're going through, being very honest with that narrative, because all this can lead to success for few people. But majority of the times it is displacing, it is causing death. And I don't want to live in a world where I'm supporting that. And I think, tell me if I'm wrong, yeah. Claire and Oscar, if it feels like maybe I think the key might be talking the way that you're talking, Oscar, and like doing this like political education, like as we work. I've been reading this book, uh, 
revolution and evolution in the 20th century, this like Grace Lee Boggs book. Um, well, and, and James Boggs, but, um, and, and they're talking about like lessons from different. James didn't help that much. Actually, he was a pretty, pretty big part, but thanks for, um, it was probably mostly, I mean, Grace Lee Boggs is, is really the one for me, kind of the important one. Very amazing. Um, not really the point at all of what I'm saying, but, uh, thanks for, (laughs) thanks for saying that. So, uh, but it's uh, the book is about like learning lessons from different revolutions in history, right? So the Russian Revolution, Chinese Revolution, uh, one of them is like Guinea Basu, and and that's the one where it talks about building the boat. What is it? Building as we fight, or the liberation of mm-hmm. of Guinea. But it's not like it's G U I N E. So it, maybe it's a different African nation. But it's like they talk about like trying some things failing and then like retreating from the cities into the country just to like educate you know they use that word like cadres of people um and then and then those people slowly over like a couple years start to talk to people and i feel like so it's all about like speaking and and understanding what the actual it, it becoming aware, basically becoming making everyone aware of the problem, and so then if everyone is doing their little band aid solutions in the place where they're at, and they're all aware of the problem, does that then kind of become fix? You know what I mean? Like become the big solution. So. Uh, two things. One, I think I really appreciate you reading that. Um, and because You're what they, what, in organizing what we <laughs> call that is experiments, right? And when I read the quote, when um, Open Veins of Latin America talks about the failed experiments reappear, right? So we learn those lessons about these oppressed individuals and also hear about the successes. And we're able to take those experiments that they went through that oppression and be able to establish it. But when it comes to band-aids, right, there's this really good metaphor, Right, and I think, ah, shoot, I must see if I can find it. But basically, let me ask you a question: Can you can a band aid heal a gun? Can a band aid heal a knife wound while the knife is still in the back? No. no. <laughs> Right. Me and no. went, went out all I'm gonna say out. I'm gonna say yes. We'll just just for to. <laughs> Just to try it out. Advocate. <laughs> Damn, you're you're playing um you're playing um what's it called? Uh, the devil's advocate or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. I'm not I'm not say I right, obviously. He's the daggone knife advocate. That is a good <laughs> metaphor for some stuff that's going on. And I mean that's the realistic part. I mean, we look at the pri- the the school to prison pipeline. We look at living in a in a poor neighborhood to becoming a gang member. And you look at then even the school to death pipeline. Like there are these pipelines that these bandies won't fix. Oh, after school matters, we're going to get them off the streets. Okay. You get them off the streets, but at night their community is still unsafe. They're going to, they can still die. So it can be, that's what happens though, is that before this pandemic, many people weren't having these conversations. I wasn't having these conversations as much either. And it's being realistic. And a, a really good advocate said, you know, when it comes to addressing the needs of the people, you know, the United States of America, the common individual is like all of us as a society are like a bear. 
But if you poke enough the bear, you make the bear starve enough, it's going to react. But once the bear gets, you know, enough to settle down, it goes back to sleep. Mm. So sometimes we're just exhausted and we just take it. Sometimes you don't do anything. And I think that's the society we live in is that many times because we don't witness it directly, there's no reason for us to care. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. Like this, is, this, this, this didn't make it into the main episode, but like my conversation with Oscar started with like this whole, um, this whole thing when I, when we were initially setting up the interview, he like texted me this thing about, um, cause I was like psyched to talk to him and he was like, why? Like, why, huh? Why do you want to talk to me? And I was like, well, because people have said good things. And he's like, it's just weird to get compliments on things we do for our survival. Um, and that, but, and I won't oh, wow. go into that whole conversation, but it makes sense that people working for their survival would be organizing more than people on the side of town where I live, where people, the bears aren't starving. So it's like, how do you get the bears to s- awake if not starve them? You know what I mean? It's a, it's, oh. it's, it's a tough it's question. Like, our, south side issues are never going to be north side issues. Right. And that's the thing. And I'm glad I was able to pull this up. So I talk, I use knives a lot in my metaphors. So these are two tweets. You can look them up. You're like you the want. 21 Savage of uh, metaphors. You know, know he has he has that he has that tattoo in his forehead and people asked him what the tattoo is. And he said, it's a knife. And it's uh, (laughs) and his first album was called Issa. Ah, This is way too much explanation for what I thought was going to really hit hard uh, with my with my two friends talking about female about the lady pop pop stars. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead, Oscar. Fuck me. Jesus Christ. So this is back. I said this in October. Uh, October 27th, October 27th, right? This is this year. I'm like, band-aids will not stop the bleeding our communities have and continue to face. We must remove the knife of root issues and heal through reparations and intentionality. And this other one I said recently too is, if racism was treated as the crisis it is, you would address it with the urgency and energy required exactly when you call the National Guard for these instances. Reactionary, non-restorative practices will not address the root issue. The wound gets larger as the knife does. <sighs> what do we do? <laughs> we we talk. Yeah. We have these conversations. We build hope. Our hope is not derived from ourselves. It's derived from each other. It's saying we come together because we give a fuck. Right when you have people coming together and feel hopeful in a space and feel protected, you are changing their whole environment. When it comes to the youth I work with, a lot of them are like, "I never felt like I can express myself to talk about these issues I face." But you're changing their world. Sometimes the work we do doesn't revolve around changing the whole globe, but it matters of like, what are we doing to change lives and make sure that these people feel protected and loved, and how do we even? continue to model that in larger groups being from hyper local to local to you know wider and that's the fucking hope because you see that change you see their smiles you see their hope you see the possibility of a new future when you're able to provide people with love in actual spaces for healing and i think what we do megan like like straight up 
white people is not listen to that and then just stop at like oh what do we do you know what i mean because i have that like voice in me too and it's like that was the thing that like snapped me kind of out of like a decade or so long haze last year was seeing people in the streets who like have way more to be hopeless about who are out like being hopeful and actually like fighting for things and i was like oh then then what the fuck uh, you know and of course yeah so if we lose our hope man my question dave my question is this right if if say for hap- it happens hypothetically in a year's right if you see me lose hope if you see me down like who's going to take care of this community yeah if we have people losing hope domino effect dragging each other down who's going to take care of us and we talk about this, right? Why do I organize? Why do I do this work? It's not even a choice. It's survival. If I lose, if, that's why I have to believe in this. Because if I don't, what is there for us? So, Claire, any other uh, any other notes? <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> I actually wrote some poems. And I, wa- I want to ask you, I'm going to give you five names to choose from. And is it okay if I read one of them? Yes, yes. But can we save it for the end? Yes. Okay. Okay. That'll be like the first yeah, yeah. Okay, the the rest, I mean, the rest of these notes are just like good. Not even questions. No, it's if they're like, compliments for me, just because Oscar's here doesn't mean that I don't want to hear him. <laughs> Please give the compliments for Dave. <laughs> I loved, um, I loved, yeah, like giving yourself grace, being proud of how you've changed, being okay with being wrong in the past. Mm. I love the idea of wanting your job to become obsolete. Um depending on your job, but like the, the work we do is not if you're doing organizing work or healing work or what have you, like you want that job to eventually not be needed. And then like, just like, I think it's like, you're just kind of, I think you're talking about dropping the ego and getting rid of the ego. But I think like, it's such a tricky balance because you're talking like kids tell you, like, it's so like, I want to be like you, like I want to, when I grow up, I want to do what you do. And I feel like, it's such a hard balance of like dropping the ego, but also like you want to be a cool person that people want to be and like what people want to be into. And like, you want your message to get out. So you want to like get up in front of the church and talk, or maybe you don't, but like, I think it's such a hard balance of like going inside yourself and being like, when is it ego? And when is it just like, I want my message to get out there or like, I need to do this to reach people. And I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like my very t- small, tiny office organizer life, I will catch myself kind of like snorting on like glory. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back down a little bit. But anyways, I just that 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 tightrope between. I also think it's very people. appropriate that yeah. like the comedians would struggle with being egoless. Oh, yeah, okay. we're like, well, okay, but do we want to totally lose ego? I mean, a little bit we want. Seems good. I want my face on a magazine. Right. <laughs> because it will be good. Ultimately. Well, I'm not saying this, but I think there's different, there's layers to right? Like there's people that care about the careers and it's about their livelihood. They're not willing to let go of that livelihood. And, and, and you can't judge people for that. And I think right now about like, you know, the Chicago seven, right? I think about um, Abby, Abby Hoffman. Um, and what he would do is that he, brilliant mind brilliant mind about like these policies um but 
you know, I'm basing this off the movie. I don't know him too much. So people find out bad shit about him. I agree with you, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> don't cancel like me, bro. Kind of disclaimer. I, I always yeah, yeah, I, look. If it turns I gotta, out this dude is doing bad stuff. Yeah, like this. Shit, this guy's a fucking terrible person. Yeah, like yes, we we want to hear done, done bad stuff. I don't know. <laughs> well, he said something really interesting because they're like you're. He was being like confronted, saying like you 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 do these comedy shows, you know, people like you do all these goofy things. You always want to be on camera. And he tells them, like, we don't have money. Like, how else do these people want to, like, talk to us? The only reason they're talking to us is because we're acting this way. And so I think there's a difference between wanting to be on camera and playing a character because you're striving to uplift the needs of the people. But then I also think it's ourselves saying, like, I've I've seen this. And a lot of people can tell, like say this, like, when we don't care about who gets the credit for this work, everyone is moving forward. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's been the hardest thing. <laughs> because I've been in organizing so long and I've seen it, I'm like, I think to myself, I'm like, am I going to let someone get credit more than I do, but the result gets there? I don't give a fuck. But also, <laughs> it's important that like the developers don't get credit. Like I think about Mariam Kaba mm. and her talking about like not even putting her name on so much of her writing until re- like recently people being like, no, the, like these ideas need to be like passed on. And yeah, you might not want to be on camera or whatever, but like it, it, it the, the flip side of like, well, it is important not to hog credit, but to like at least put your name out there enough that you can be more effective at doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I'm again, I'm in between with this. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Cause I, cause again, we, we have to talk about, I don't want to be part of a culture. That's part of the erasure. Right. Where I'm telling organizers not to get credit for the work. Right. Because historically black folks erasure, you know, let's be really fucking honest. And if I'm here as a white, I'm a white Latino, I'm fucking white. We have to be honest. If I'm coming up here and saying, you know, who gives a shit about credit? And historically, people have never given credit mm-hmm. for the work they've done. Who am I? So for myself, yeah, this yeah. is my own opinion. You know, when we don't care about egos and we get the work done, we put ourselves on differences, you know, actually get rid of these egos and really work mm-hmm. to getting the needs of the people addressed. That's great. But I think it's always like I'm a person that always loves showing flowers and respect and care for the work people do. Um, and it's it's hard for us, you know. Because we're always told to put our, keep our heads down. You know, you don't need the attention. So I could be wrong. Maybe I, I change this perspective and say, yeah, own your fucking shit. Own the fucking things you do. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, it's, I feel Again, like it's a balance. Like it, it, Healthy balance. Yeah, it depends on the moment, depends on the the thing. Well, that just also to me, like, it's just another example of how hard the work that you're doing is, is because it seems like that's even such a tiny piece of it and it contains so much complexity, you know. Yeah, trust me. I mean, it's hard because I, it's even this, right? Like, even the idea of like clout organizers, organizers that only come out when there's cameras, you know, tokenizing <laughs> from the hood and saying, I came out the hood, you can come out the hood too. Um, and they're providing resources for the community. And I'm like, man, you're a fucking sellout prick. Yeah. <laughs> it's on site. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> 
No, I'm not, I'm not a violent person, but but they're providing <laughs> a need, right? But it's a going back to saying this, right? Like how it's even saying this, right? And this is crazy, right? And this is for people to think, what if clout organizers only play that part in order for them to get the funding to address the needs of the people? What if they're playing that part of like wanting to be on camera all the time? Because they're like, I'm not going to get on camera no matter uh, anything else. And it's not the right way to do things because we all agree like it's not right. Like to tokenize the devs that we're going through, tokenizing, you know, this displacement, gentrification. It's it's terrible because you're not really being intentional about addressing the root issue. But it are if people are willing to be this bad person. Yeah, I, it's hard. But I will always call organizations that do it. Like, I'm like, I, I talked about Toy for Tots. I was like, right. they're providing a need, but they're not intentional. And it, it, we have to be honest. Claire, did you have other, it, was that the, did you exhaust That's your my notes? last note. And the booster shot is hitting. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for a, a poem roulette. Okay. Well, Megan, were there other, were there other, um, things you mental notes you had no no i was just about to say heck yes again (laughs) okay so so normally oscar the way we end is um we the three of us decide if we want to live in the person's afterlife so now we have to decide if we want to live in oscar's afterlife and i'm like i'm blanking on what it what, so I think we should do that. Then I think Oscar should read his poem after we do poem or let it. And then I think without commenting, we should immediately have Megan outro the show. Does that sound okay. – is everyone down with that? Bang, bang, boom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So so do we want to live in Oscar's afterlife? What what was it again? Did you talk about it on the main? I don't know if it, you talked about the it The focus was – well, I, I, the focus was like on like – the people uh, he is leaving behind. Mm. But he did say, wherever I am, I'll be smiling because I wrote that down because I liked it. Okay. Oh, I love that. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in too. Yeah. Okay. So we're in. So now, okay, great. So th- we all all approve. Oscar, give us the give us the list and we'll tell you, we'll, we'll vote on which one we want to hear. I feel like I already know what you're going to pick, but Dude, you don't okay. you don't know me, bro. If you pick the, I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna write down which one I think you're gonna pick. Okay. Wow. Oh, I love this that. Some magician. Let's pick stuff. the most boring sounding one. Go for it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this down. Reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. I think you're gonna pick this. Hold up. Give me one second. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. Write it down. All right, so there's a poll. These are the titles of the poems. This I was with my friend Janet doing uh, like just talking and like let's let's write poems. I'm like, all right, cool. She's like, this is the, the this is how you do it. You, we both randomly we, we pick a word and then for seven minutes we write and at the end, you know, if you don't finish, it's whatever. Like you are just you have to create this in seven minutes. So the list is minorities, zombies, body. Abrazo, which means hung in Spanish, and healing. Wait, abrazo means hungry? Hung? Hug. 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 And then what was the last one? The last one, I believe, was healing. 
Well, you think we're going to pick zombies? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I and you're right. <laughs> Um, I, I, I want healing. I'm I'm partial to wait. Does it say zombies? He held up the. I I was par- I was gonna. I mean, yeah, I had the same thought, but I also was like abrazo. I kind of want to hear, but dude, we we, too. we don't, don't care, we don't man. have to pay, play devil's advocate. Let's let's lean in. Let's be the fucking predictable squares we are. And Claire, are you down to? Yes. To hear zombies? I just want to say my first pick was healing, but I want to hear zombies as well. So let's... So I'll read, I'll read, I'll read healing just for Claire, but I'll Oh I'll my God. Zombies. This guy, you guys heard him in the episode. He's do, he does this fucking thing where he picks two things where he... That's true. He Mr. did pick two, two uh, memories. Unreal. This isn't your show, Dave. This is my show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll hear these two poems and then Megan, give us, give oh, us your outro. Okay. Sounds good. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. All right, this is Zombies. Born to exploit, a baby in the hands of its mother, the father grasping for air, and then we lose our humanity and can only think to consume. We live in a world where everyone's needs can be met, yet we judge behavior of these oppressed instead of addressing how capitalism is fueled by blood and creates zombies. Constant death, constant doubt. What are we supposed to do if this is all we know? Robbed of creativity as we take a bite that further corrupts us. The more you are given to consume, the less you worry of those around you. What is there to do to a machine that creates zombies, but to destroy it and restore humanity? Whoa. <laughs> not, not really the fun kind of zombies I was hoping for. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> what do you think, Dave? That was good. I, I really liked it. I liked the, the, the biting, the bite we of do. the, what was it? The not You didn't say pie, but it, talking about the bite. The bite. I said... Um, a bite that furthers cr- to corrupt us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think it really talks about like we were we're born to consume like the whole idea of zombies, like the whole premise of like them killing other people is because we're we're literally killing each other in society. Like Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead was based on like overconsumption. Really? Yeah. It, it's know, a metaphor for capitalism. That makes sense after hearing your poem. Yeah, horror and zombie movies are low key like some of the most like revolutionary. Movies. Anime is, anime is. I'll say that. I'll okay, plug it in. but that's all. But horror movies are less okay, dorky now I have than to animes. Actually, listen to my boyfriend and watch anime. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> hit us so, with hit us with the healing. Got you. All right, healing. Healing. What does it look like when we are dumped with trauma? A trauma dump site is no way to live. Our ancestors created these lands and these bodies, so show them respect. Remediation of the mind and body. Mother Nature cries for her restoration. When you hear her cries, you better listen. When you hear lies, you better know to tell the difference. Restoration of, sto- restoration of stolen land begins with what? Restoration of stolen minds begins with what? If we are tasked with healing, we are the ones who are the experts. We are the ones who know best. Learn the stories of these trials our ancestors went through. 
learn the stories of these trails our ancestors made. Seek justice and heal as we create a life for all to live, and not at the cost of life, which makes no sense. This is healing. This is now. And this will end. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Oscar. (laughs) I have to now just cut to the... Okay. No discussion. I'm just going to cut to our outro. Oscar, thank you so much for sharing your poems with us. (laughs) And for everything... Um, this has been, this is your after show, the first ever after show where the guest from the show we were aftering joined us, making it maybe an entirely new sort of show, a third thing, uh, a third, a third show that's grown from Dave's original stage show. So, wow, we're talking, that's like four shows. Okay. Um, uh, this has been another episode of this is your after show and, and it's, and and thank you so much. Perfect. <laughs> and we're and this is this is now this is the uh the longest after after perfect. this is the longest any after show has ever been. And also I think I'm gonna put it out on the main feed and will be the longest episode that has ever appeared on the main feed. <laughs> Wait, actually, except for the two parter where you guys interviewed me. <laughs> oh yeah, that one was really long. That is the show. This is your after show. This is your afterlife. I'm Dave Marr. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, you are the person I want to make art for and meet and maybe make art with. And I want to thank you. I want to thank Claire. I want to thank Megan. I want to thank Oscar. If you're in Chicago... Come join the protest with the Stop General Iron campaign to tell um, Mayor Lightfoot and Dr. Arwadi, the head of, head doctor of Chicago, to fucking stop that permit. They're, they're still getting ready to... They haven't committed to, to stopping that permit, which is absurd. And there is a protest happening on Friday, December what is it, 10th, I believe? Yeah, at 5pm in Chicago. So, if you're here, do that. I will see you there. And until next week, thank you again for listening. And remember, you, I, everyone you just heard, you are a mist. And human beings, they do.